It is Tuesday, the third day of August, the third day of RPG A Day 2021. Because it is Tuesday, the prime prompt for today starts with a T, T for Tuesday, and it is tactic. However, we have four choices in celebration of randomness, of determination of things outside our own wants and desires, and, of course, to make it a little bit easier to get through 31 days of following prompts. So, four choices for today. Tactic, risk, support, and image. And I am going to roll for it. For day three of RPG A Day 2021, I decided I would like to roll randomly again, because I had too many ideas. So, I have labored to produce a seven, which means today we will talk about image. On the written blog, which may or may not keep pace with this primary focus of my RPG A Day 2021 participation, there was a video yesterday, and there will be a video today, showing the role. However, that takes just long enough to be too long for the amount of time I have available. So there won't be any more of those. So if you've been following only on the podcast you will no longer be missing that secret ingredient of the days where I default to random rolls. But if you've been following on the blog, well, you're going to lose that short visual treat. And for that, I am heartily sorry to deprive you of the imagery of the slow-motion die in action. A D8 to celebrate eight years of RPG a day, leading us to this year, 2021. Well, today's prompt, because I rolled a 7, is image. Initially, I was like, what am I going to say about image? But then, as soon as I stepped away from that phrasing of the question and turned it around into how are images or how is imagery a part of role-playing games that I enjoy, then everything fell into place. And I thought it was it was kind of funny that my view of images doesn't really involve actual images when it comes to role-playing games. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's explore. A large part of the enjoyment of RPGs for me comes from that feeling of experiencing imagination. Like when you are aware that you are seeing something in your mind's eye, or you might not be aware in the moment, but looking back over the session where instead of remembering only what people said, you also have images in your mind that were sparked by what they said. That feeling, that experience of imagination, both 
as it's happening or after it's over, that is a large part of why I'm a role-playing gamer. And I have been thinking about the nature of that imagination. Right? What is it that I really appreciate about it? And I especially appreciate that feeling when the experience is strongly visual in nature rather than a what-if moment, a conjectural moment, or trying to trying to imagine a thing, not necessarily visually, but conceptually. Right? So when that experience is visual, more than conjectural or conceptual, this is when I am really excited to be a role-playing gamer, even now, so many years after I started. The main route to these imaginings, I find, lies in navigating and integrating descriptions. The descriptions and the reactions of my fellow players and you know, interacting and collaborating with it. When travel along this path is smooth and all the players interact with each other in similar or complementary modes of interaction, the images produced in my mind's eye can be really powerful. And often in the styles of play that I tend toward, from person to person, these images might differ in, in substance or in superficial detail from among each other, but they will remain linked in the fundamental details that, that give those imaginations or that give them form, that give that substance uh, the shape that it has in our minds. So if all of this is true, it becomes necessary to start thinking about, well, what is good description? Which might cause some stress or worry, like, oh, well, what if I don't have good description? Or what if I don't feel I can describe well tonight? Then play won't be very good. And that's not the direction that I want to go. I want to simply talk about the enjoyment of visual imagination. So, description and harmony among the players about the setting that play is taking place in and its associated imagery, our understanding of how things must look, this may very well produce very similar imaginings spontaneously and independently. And, and this is such a, a cool thing to think about that, you know, five people can be sitting around the table and they could all be interacting harmoniously with completely different visuals in their mind about what the characters look like, what the sky or the other environmental factors look like. But a total agreement about where things are and when things are happening and uh, the effect on character by what is happening. These can be completely different or somehow, even without overt, explicit description of how your hair moves as you leap across the table or what color your cloak is or any of these things, even without those descriptions, sometimes you can wind up all imagining the same thing.
It's fascinating. It's a constant cause of enjoyment for me. Description doesn't need to be highly detailed. It doesn't need to be poetic in order to facilitate mental imagery. What the mind's eye summons up in response to all that the ear hears can seemingly arise phoenix-like from remarkably very little ash of a very common variety. The connection between players and connection to the subject and to the setting of play, I think these things matter more. And it seems to me it matters more than the number or the character or style of the words chosen. That connection to what we are doing and the, the genre and the setting in which we are doing it matters more than the, the type of words you choose to say or the volume of words you choose to say, which always makes me laugh when I think about how any effort I might make toward brevity is spoiled by any effort I might make toward brevity. <laughs> Description doesn't need to be of a particular length. It needs to neither be long nor short in order to facilitate imagination. It does benefit, I feel, from a tempo that matches the needs of play. And it benefits from being of a tone that matches the context of play. And it helps if the vocabulary that we use is in sync with our subject matter and genre of play. But too much, going too far with that, as with so many things, I guess, can actually work to spoil the effect and take us in the opposite direction. We start talking about how we're talking about or begin emulating or quoting other fiction and not playing. Descriptive ability for an RPG is a skill. And this is a skill that we hone over time. It's one we practice and can develop. It's one we have to recalibrate for different games and for different groups. It's not only a part of how we speak to each other in play, but it's a significant part of what we say to each other in play. It's a defining characteristic of how well we will appreciate the play of others and, in return, be appreciated. I don't usually use photographs or illustrations in play. I don't draw, and I don't have any other way to bring out what my imagination paints in any other way than the words that I say. Even so, I don't tend to use miniatures or maps when I play, or at least maps that I show people. So this, again, puts emphasis on speaking and listening as the principal part of play. It is the actual medium of play for me. It is not supplemented by an image I show, a sound I play, a map I share, or miniatures that I move. So this has meant that over the decades I have really come to appreciate the skill of my fellow players in communicating their ideas verbally. This is the skill that I truly value. And the effect of that skill is visual imagination. It makes magic seem real. You speak the word and we can see or almost see the vista. 
that you want us to. Despite the ephemeral and illusionary nature of the flickering of an image in the hidden eyes of the mind, the word can make that magic real. If you'd like to see some recent play that we have done that I hope shows some level of quality of how we describe things to each other and its effect on us and a game that we enjoyed, I would be really happy if you went to my channel, youtube.com slash runeslinger, and search for a playlist called Homecoming. This is a Mithras actual play. There's a playlist for Mithras. The series was called Homecoming, A Tale of Revenge. Even if you just take a look at the first of the three recorded installments, it'll give you an idea, I think, of this part of play for me and why I enjoy playing with an emphasis on the spoken word. Anyway, there's probably too many spoken words today. So until tomorrow, take care. Tomorrow, Wednesday, August 4th, our prime prompt starts with a W and is weapon. Now remember, these are prompts. They're not hard and fast things that we have envisioned. We're not specifically talking about a weapon like Stormbringer, for example. This could be a weapon in your game master's or player's arsenal. It could be a tool that you use to wreak incredible effects, incredible changes upon the play state. <laughs> or it could be a weapon that you really like. The other three prompts are search, reward, and figure. And I figure that I'll be selecting a word for tomorrow because I can. Thank you for listening to the Casting Shadows podcast, an extension of the Casting Shadows blog found at castingshadowsblog.com and of our YouTube channel, which is called Rune Slinger.